Thanks for checking out another episode of the Proper English Podcast. If you're not following me on social media already, check me out on Instagram and Snapchat, uh, bwalkpe, that's B-W-A-L-K-P-E. You can find me on facebook.com slash properenglishllc. And you can also find me on Twitter at blakethegreatpe. Um, all lowercase, no spaces, no special characters or anything like that. And you can find the podcast on YouTube iTunes, as well as SoundCloud. Just search Proper English Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get into the show. Hey, y'all, just want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Welcome to this week's episode of the Proper English Podcast, this uh, intellectual edutainment that I'm putting out there to the world. And, you know, the first episode was was very structured, um, just giving you uh, guys a piece of who I am and why I started to do the podcast. And, you know, um, one of the things that I noticed from the podcast was that, especially that episode, is I got some feedback and a lot of it was really positive. And I got to say, probably I didn't talk long enough because usually once I talk for about more than, you know, 45 minutes to somebody, like, I'm, I'm pissing you off at some point. Or I'm going to say some shit that's going to be like, Man, Blake, shut up talking. Like, <laughs> I'm always saying something wild and crazy like that. So I'm like, man, I didn't get any reactions like that from the first episode. I probably didn't talk long enough. So I'll give you guys a little bit more to delve into this episode. Um, but yeah, man, first things first. Um, main thing that everybody I've seen on my timeline, I can't even escape it right now, of course, is the finals. Um, I just want to let y'all know. Uh, my prediction, my prediction of the finals is, is I will watch about 40% of it. Um, and that 40% of it will comprise of YouTube clips, uh, you know, first take reviews, uh, other niggas on Facebook posts and stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty much where my, my reference is going to go. And the other 60% of my knowledge will just come from hearing people talk in the street about it. Like I'm not going to watch the finals. Um, any slight predictions that I have, I'm not too heavy into basketball. Um, I'm not really too into a lot of sports. I'm into keeping my body in, you know what I'm saying? Keeping my body right. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to live long. Um, and, man, once you read the ISIS papers, it's really hard to watch any sort of ball game or watch any, <laughs> any sort of sport. It's really tough because uh, you really got to ask yourself some hard questions. Like, you know, um, where people's loyalty lies and when they say, you know, that they're pro-black or they want better for our youth or they want better for the kids, it's like, uh, well, if you encourage them to go the same route that you did, big fella, you're still in servitude. You got a little bit bigger of a paycheck and some more room. But, I mean, essentially everybody's still an employee. They still have to go through the same shit that I go through being a recruiter. Like, LeBron just got – nigga spray painted on his gate <laughs> in his Los Angeles home like and LeBron is arguably the biggest basketball superstar like in the world you know like especially currently so I mean outside of like Steph Curry who just you know just came out of nowhere it seems like um in the past few years but LeBron has been dominant you know since like I was a kid like shit I've been watching LeBron um so to see something like that happen and then his reaction, oh, my God, I was so proud of him because he actually said a lot of the shit that we say as black people to one another. But we don't ever really voice that in front of white people just for that fear of, you know, oh, well, 
they look at me this way and that way. And one thing I got to let you guys know, too, um, being from where I'm from and being like, you know, that only black kid in the class, you you feel isolated and you feel lonely. So when you're in that situation, sometimes you'll you'll conform to certain things just to avoid um, basically being killed. Because, I mean, if you get thrown away like you the only black family in the neighborhood. So who the fuck gonna really come for you? You know what I'm saying? So shit was like always a little bit more, um, a little bit more like fragile in my situation. So I couldn't just come right out and say what I wanted to say or, you know, deck every white kid in the face that says something crazy to me because honestly I'd be fighting all day and I'd be in jail because I'm the black kid, the black, all they're going to say is I saw the black kid punch the guy in the face. So, I mean, you already know what my future would have been. So you got to think smarter. You know, you got to pick your battles, pick and choose which one you go for. And Like, it's just crazy that in this day and age that people still have the levels of ignorance that they have. But to spray paint nigga on somebody's gate and it's like, duh, he's going to paint the gate black. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like all he had to do is just paint over that shit. So, I mean, really, what did you really do? I got damn pop-ups and stuff coming up while I'm talking on the podcast. Jeez, like, can you respect my time, Microsoft? Anyways, but I was just very proud of his speech that he gave. I don't know if he was like, it was like the post-game press conference or some shit like that before the, or whatever. And he was, basically, he was saying that, you know, being black in America, doesn't matter how much you're paid, what your paycheck is, who you are, if you're a celebrity, there's still always going to be hate against you. You're still always going to be a nigga, basically what he was saying. So I've never heard anybody speak like that as far as a an athlete, especially an athlete in his position. Like Michael Jordan, they never came out and said shit like this. And this y'all buying his shoes like 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 hotcakes. And he ain't never said anything like this to black about black people or even identified himself as being black. Like, like, fuck Michael. Seriously. Like, until he, I mean, you're not from Chicago, but you represented the city of Chicago. You made millions, damn near billions from Chicago and your legacy here. But all you get is basketball centers. You get a couple of youth groups, but it's like you you could be doing so much more. Like, can you imagine if Michael Jordan actually came to Chicago and went, like, to the south side and they drew a bunch of attention to it, had the right security measures in place, you know what I'm saying? But just make sure that everything is cool and really put their minds to it. He really could come out and do something. But, I mean, to do that means sacrificing everything. I mean, that means losing the shoe endorsements. That means – because what, what organization do you know has ever sponsored a black corporation or a black-owned movement? And please don't say the Urban League and please don't say the NAACP because neither those are neither that. <laughs> None of those are that. So which organization has been donated to that's black owned by a major corporation like Coca-Cola or like anybody like uh, shit Xerox, <laughs> like Versace, Gucci, Jordan. Like I said, have any of them actually done anything in the community? Other than put, like I said, maybe a community center, maybe uh, a basketball camp that's in another state that you got to send your kid to. So, anyways, I don't know everything. I ain't shit.
but at the same time, I I know I, I'm gonna call a duck a duck when I see a duck. You know what I'm saying? So all of that's to say, I really commend LeBron on what he's doing because he's taking a risk. We see all the backlash that Colin Kaepernick has gotten for standing up like a man and really being showing black masculinity once again. You know, it's 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 really a resurgence of this with this generation, and I I hate when I hear older generations speak about our generation and make it seem like our people aren't doing anything, but, you know, all we're doing is following the mold that we've been given as well, you know, and we're just trying to improve on that. Each each generation should progress, you know, from the last one. So I'm just happy to see that after Muhammad Ali, you know, after, um, you know, uh, people like Jim Brown, um, that we still have athletes that are going to speak up and use their platform for some good. So kudos to LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. Shout out to everybody um, in the industry that's struggling, being black, um, and trying to do some positive things in the community. We really appreciate it. And that shit does not go unnoticed, my nigga. Salute. But back to my irrelevant um, finals prediction. Um, I think that I figured that the Warriors were going to win game one. For some reason, I, I, I feel like the Cavs are going to take it. Um, I feel like it'll probably go like seven games. It's going to be dramatic as hell. There's no way that LeBron is going to be like, is going to lay down and let them, you know what I'm saying, like just win four games. Like there's no way they're going to they're gonna be four and done. Like it's that's not going to happen. It's not. Like it, it's not going to happen. So everybody's getting excited, like, oh, my God. You know, all the guys are like, oh, LeBron, like, what, what happened? The nigga was slippery last night. Like, he was on skates. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, that's just one move. You know what I'm saying? That's just one instance. We've seen this before. We've seen them be shaky when they first get on the floor. I mean, 12 and one. What, what are they, 11 and one or 12 and one in the final, like finals, whatever? They only lost one game. And, uh. Warriors are perfect. Like, hell yeah, they starting to feel it because they against some the only other competition in the league. Like <laughs> it's like the the League of Justice versus the Super Friends. Like <laughs> But you already know though who's gonna get the MVP. You already know Steph Curry gonna get that thing. They ain't even gonna try to get that shit to LeBron or Kyrie because them niggas dark skinned. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got no love for us out here, for us us milk chocolate and Milk chocolate and darker, you know, it's it's hard out here for us, you know. Ladies love us, but the world don't, you know. The world hates us the most. But if you knew anything about uh, genetics and survival, then you would understand why. But anyways, in white people news, did y'all hear about this little girl, this 16-year-old girl that killed her Uber driver after stealing a knife and a machete out of Walmart? Now... That's just the bare minimum. Just let that sink in for a minute. 16-year-old girl orders an Uber, walks into Walmart, steals a knife and a machete, gets in said Uber that she ordered, kills the driver, is arrested. Arrested. Tased. Then arrested. She's being held with no bond, and she is being charged as an adult for first-degree murder. Now... I hear that story, and I have several problems with this shit. So, first of all, it's the Walmart in Skokie. So, if you guys are familiar with the landscape of Chicagoland, Skokie is a northwestern suburb of the main city. So, um, 
that's like a Walmart that a lot of people go to who live in that kind of area, right? So it's 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 real chill. It's a real decent area. It's re- it's irritating as fuck after four o'clock, like every Walmart is. There's three lanes open and shit. But anyway, somehow this girl walks in to the Walmart and walks out with a knife and a machete. Like, first of all, where in the hell was the special helper who checks everybody's fucking receipts and builds up the long ass line when it's a rush and it's five o'clock and you're trying to leave Walmart? Like this girl literally walks out somehow with a knife and a machete. That's problem. That's another problem. Also, she's 16. How the hell she order an Uber and you have to be 18 and up? Well, of course, she probably just created her own like login and shit, but that's neither here nor there. So 16 and ordering an Uber, that's another issue. So also, she goes to hacking away at this guy, and the police tase her when they follow the trail of blood. Like Now, mind you, the reason that they were notified is because a man had been attacked. He had been stabbed multiple times with a machete and a knife. This bitch is dangerous. But y'all tased her? But y'all, y'all gave Laquan McDonald 16. Y'all, y'all gave Mike Brown a few. You know what I'm saying? Y'all gave Tamir Rice a few. Little boy playing with a toy gun. And no, no criminal record. Not even a chance to even have one. Even if he was, if he was ever even going to get one. Like, y'all didn't even give them a second thought. But, I mean, I guess you would be confused about that if you were on the stance of policing being about keeping people safe. But it's a system. This It's a little 16-year-old white girl who is going to get off with a plea of insanity because she will, she's going to – prison is going to be so much of a traumatic experience to her and all this other bullshit. Mark my words. She ain't, she ain't going down for life in prison for this shit. She'll end up in a mental, mental institution, doped up, and living the high life. And also, if you guys read the article, they did a wonderful job of leaving out any sort of negative imagery of her. They didn't bring up any of the boys that she jerked off in the bathroom. They didn't bring up, like, any of the girls that she got into fights with because they called her fat, like, or none of that shit. Like, she, they didn't say anything about any of the detentions that she got, like, none of that shit. And I'm not saying that because I know her or something like that. But what I'm saying is, is everybody's got dirt. But for some reason, when it's us, they they want to put that on the forefront. They, you know, they, it's definitely a criminal. You know what I'm saying? When you're dealing with an African-American, what did he do wrong? Well, we're going to talk about some shit he did 12 years ago because that somehow justifies and dehumanizes the person that you just murdered in cold blood. I mean, just make him a criminal. And, of course, this little white girl and with the white people who do commit these crimes, it's always a random act of violence. It's always random. It's always isolated. It's never linked. Like, it's always just that one thing. It, it had nothing to do with anything leading up. She, this, this bitch was never crazy before, but she just all of a sudden killed an Uber driver with a knife and a machete stabbed him in the head in the stomach like all like all over his body like she really did a number on this dude and and this bitch ain't gonna get ain't gonna do no time for it just mark my words but you all know how it is when you're dealing with life when you're dealing with this system y'all all we can do is just fight against this injustice and keep moving forward so um keep yourself informed 
keep yourself aware. Stay safe, y'all, out there in these streets. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the book review. I just finished a book up a few weeks ago called They Came Before Columbus. It's by Dr. Ivan Van Sertima. And just to give you a little bit of background information on him, he was actually a professor of African-American studies at Rutgers University. He published uh, this book back in 1976, and he was actually inducted into their African-American Alumni Hall of Fame. So he's a very important figure and has put out lots of pieces of, of historical documentation um, that explains all of the answers to the questions I used to ask when I was a kid, you know, what were black people before slavery? You know, where did we come from? You know, what were our contributions to society besides what we see today and entertainment and all the other shit that doesn't matter? You know, did we contribute uh, more to society than those things that we were led on to believe? And astonishingly, we have, you know, there there's evidence that he lists in the book of our presence in Central and South America, as well as in present day Texas, you know, back in the times before Christ, you know, back in the times before, um, you know, in the Mayan periods and the Olmecs, where their pyramids and shit that they built in Texas and the hieroglyphics that they use, it's just he knows the similarities in timing and how in the Egyptian empire when that timing was going on and they were doing hieroglyphics and the cultures that they had just so happens to match almost exactly what is going, what was going on in Texas and with the all Mex at that time. So it's just really interesting. He lays out those facts. He shows, you know, um, statues with Negroid features, you know, kinky hair, the nose, the, the lips, the, the African West African jewelry, you know, he talks about our contributions to mapping and and navigating the oceans and and building and building ships and our contributions to agriculture, our contributions to modern medicine. The fact that you wash your ass is thanks to the is thanks to the Moors and other great African civilizations. So they came before Columbus is a very great place to start. If you're trying to answer those questions or even inform yourself so when your kids come to you and are like, hey, we're at school and they're talking about they discovered, you know, Columbus discovered America. But how did he discover America if there were already people there? And you can tell them, well, the Mongoloid people came over here from the Bering Strait. And even before their time, there were people and artifacts from Western Sub-Saharan Africa you know, pieces of metal, like hunting, um, hunting, uh, I mean, hunting tools and things of that nature that come from African civilizations before them as well. So inform yourself, you know, I didn't, I wasn't confident and I didn't know this information. And I always felt like there was a hole, you know, why was that part of the story always left out? And Dr. Ivan Van Sertima really answers a lot of those questions. And gave me a lot of the information that I need. So please look them up. Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, They Came Before Columbus. Please read that book. Inform yourself of the truth uh, because, you know, it's, it's, it's fucked up, but the, the victor lives to tell the story at the end of the day. Like, they always have that saying, the coward lives to tell the story, but really it's like whoever wins the war gets to paint the narrative. So, I mean, we were captured at the end of the day. Like, we don't get to tell the story, you know. 
we really have to change history and the course of it in order for us to truly know where we come from and who we really were and what we need to aspire to become, you know. So I hope everybody gained something and really paid attention to at least some part of this, you know what I'm saying? I might have pissed you off during this podcast. I might have said something that you might not have liked. And I just want to let you know the truth because nobody else is going to tell y'all, you know, I love y'all for real. I love my people, you know. I love anybody who's for the advancement of civilization and isn't about destruction, you know. The whole white supremacy agenda is about destruction, whether it be building skyscrapers, destroying the the environment, using up um, fossil fuels and things of that nature with no plans of actually replenishing or giving back to the earth. Like they, they wanted they think they know better than nature. And the problem is is that they fucking don't. Shit has been here way before y'all and it's gonna be here way long after y'all are gone. So it's it's just flabbergasting to me that people really read a story and just believe everything that's on the page. Like, I just think that you guys don't read that well if you really believe that story. Or if you believe the story of us somehow stemming from a man and a woman and two boys. And somehow that started the whole Earth's population. That sounds like a bunch of incest going on. And there's only one society I know that that's real prevalent in you know what i'm saying <laughs> but anyways i just uh i just wanted to drop in on y'all really quick give you another episode of the proper english podcast thank you guys for tuning in it's your boy blake the great peace <laughs>